0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
1: I just don't fathom it.
0: The Michael Dukes Show,
3: streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at michaeldukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska. Here's your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello, my friends. Hello. Just called to
4: let you
3: know. Uh hey, uh, hi, how are you? It's uh, Thursday and uh the post, how was your VD? No, how was your not how is your well that got awkward real quick, didn't it? Uh how was your Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, how was your Valentine's day? Um, mine was uh, was okay. Um, uh, had a had a it, 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 <clears throat> had dinner last night at one of my favorite places and it was uh, a little disappointing. I'll just let me just say that the conversation sparkling. The atmosphere fantastic, the uh, company was angelic, and everything else was just kind of so-so. It was a little, little disappointing, a uh, little disappointing last night uh, for that part of it. But uh, you know, can't they? They can't all be home runs, I guess is what we need to say. They can't all be home runs all the time. Uh, but other than that, great day. I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of time with your sweetheart. I hope you're not quite as jaded as my, uh, my friend is my friend and boss. Uh, was like, oh, it's just a made up holiday. They're trying to bilk us for extra stuff. It's a fake. It's not real, you know. And he's, and then I'm like, well, what'd you do this morning? He goes, well, I stopped by and bought something for my wife. <laughs> Sucker, you got it. <laughs> oh man, it's just. Uh, oh man, I just. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, um, so good day. Here we are on a Thursday. We're ready to go. Um we're we're um uh we're just it's going to be a it's going to be a good one today. Uh, it's a Hallmark holiday, says Brian in the chat room. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It was a it was a holiday that was dreamed up by the greeting cards and the chocolate companies. They were a cabal. They came together in a secret meeting and decided we need to bilk Americans of millions of dollars. Uh, it's amazing how much, by the way, Americans spend on uh Valentine's Day. In the billions of dollars, um, I saw that cross across my desk here about three or four weeks ago. Um, I should have saved the article to talk about, it, but it was uh, <clears throat> billions of dollars, and it increases every year. I mean, from chocolates to flowers and everything. Maybe that's a good question for uh, you know for you ladies out there. Um, what is your favorite thing to receive for Valentine's Day? Now, I know for my wife. It's flowers. She loves flowers. And I know some ladies are like, don't give me flowers. They just die. They, they just die. Um, which, I, you know, so do I. I mean, we all do, right? We've all got an expiration date. Um, but for some, flowers are just a, I don't know. It's a moment of joy. It's a beautiful thing. And people love to see it. So uh, maybe that's something you can call in and talk about today. Uh Brittany says bullets. <laughs> That's what she she doesn't want flowers. She doesn't want chocolate. She wants bullets for Valentine's Day. Well, there you go. It's that you know, it, it to each his own. To each his own this morning, uh, as you uh, you know, whatever you want. Uh Terry wants hay to feed her animals. She goes a ton of hay to feed the critters. Okay. All right. I mean, you know. Um so anyway, uh, Valentine's Day, you know, came and went, and we're all still here, thank goodness, and we're ready to tackle the final two days of the week. Uh, today on the program, I got a full load of uh, stuff. I got a full load of stories and some interesting things. Uh, some things I may or may not cover, depending on how antagonistic I want to get. Uh <laughs> Because there's a story out here that I just read and I was just like, okay, this just seems, do I want to feed into the beast or do I just want to let it lie? It just, I don't, I haven't decided yet. I haven't gotten there quite yet to decide whether or not I'm going to cover one single solitary story here that just, I know that's a bad tease for you guys, but I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into it or out of it. And I haven't quite decided yet where I'm at. Um, but a bunch of stories. Bunch of stories, bunch of things to talk about. And then um in hour two, we will be joined by Chris Story. I know it's not Tuesday, but Story was he wimped out on Tuesday, right? I mean, he wussed out. He was a he totally ghosted us. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna beat the hell out of him over this. He totally ghosted us. I mean, he put he prioritized his grandchild over us. How dare he? He was watching his grandkids, and he's like, I just can't do it. Anyway, he's going to be uh, <clears throat> he's going to be joining us in Hour 2, and we're going to have him for two segments. And the first one is going to talk about this kind of, um, uh, I don't know, I have questions. Maybe he's going to set us straight on it, but there's an article in the ADN here a couple weeks ago that I actually covered, uh, or a week ago, I guess, that I actually covered and touched on. Um, about this, uh, this land deal this parking lot deal in Anchorage where Mark baggage, uh, as a partner ended up buying a chunk of land in downtown Anchorage for about two thirds of the reflected estimated price. And people were asking questions like what? I mean, you know. And so I had a few things to say about it. But, again, I am not a land baron, nor am I a real estate expert. And Chris actually sent me a text later and said, do you want to talk about this? And I'm like, okay, yeah. So, anyway, Chris is going to come on and talk with us about that in hour two this morning. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to get our weekly uplift, which will be great, uh, right before Friday. Uh, So we'll end the week off right. And then tomorrow we'll do... All the firearms news that's fit to print. Everything that we want to do. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fantastic. Okay. Oh, let me get more comfortable here, and we can we can crack on into this thing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Um, so first and foremost, I've been meaning to talk about this for the last couple of days, and it just we just hadn't got around to it. I know several people have mentioned it in the chat room. I was actually made aware of it, um, Shortly after it occurred um, And uh, we just hadn't got to it I didn't want to rush it I didn't want to rush it So for those of you who don't know uh, Tom Anderson has passed away Now Tom is a friend and acquaintance I mean I've known him for many years um, He's a heck of a guy uh, The guy, boy You want to talk about he, So Tom was a radio talk show host uh, Over at uh, KVNT in the MatSU area, <clears throat> he's been doing that talk show since 2010, 2011, and um, I first I first um, uh, became acquainted with Tom long before I moved down to South Central. Um, he and I were actually named. Somebody did an article about talk show hosts in Alaska, and something about we were a dime a dozen. That was a thing, and it was like 10 dimes, and each was a picture of each of us. And Tom actually reached out to me from that article, and we got to know each other And anyway. Uh, and since then, Tom and I have had business dealings and things. He ran <clears throat> Optima Public Relations, which is an advertising agency and PR firm that has to, it does a lot, did a lot of political things and everything else. Tom was probably most widely known uh, uh, due to the fact that he served in the legislature for two years, and he was uh, brought low uh, over that whole Vico scandal thing in 2007. Now, he he and I really never talked too much about that. He, did, he spent some time in the Huskow, in the Crowbar Hotel, over that, but he always maintained that the courts had— Simply criminalized being a legislature uh, uh, and you know i I figured he'd served his time and I didn't really have anything else to say about it after that uh whether it was true or whether it was not, we never actually got into that We always had a very cordial relationship um but <clears throat> a while back a while back uh, uh, I think within the last year or so uh Tom had had a stroke and um but he was coming back. I actually spoke to Tom about a week and a half ago, uh, and we were talking about some stuff. And he just always had a zest for life. He was always the guy could talk a mile a minute. I mean, he could really just go and talk about almost anything, and be enthusiastic. And um, he loved what he did. And he, uh, you know, I remember that when he had a stroke, he it took him a little bit to recover. Uh, but he was really working on it and like his speeches and had improved and everything else. But I mean, I talked to him last week and he sounded almost like the old Tom all over again. Um, and, uh, he was, he was really, he was really, uh, uh doing well. Uh, I thought, uh, unfortunately, uh, he has now passed away, uh, uh, about four or five days ago on the 10th, I think. Um, and it, um, it's it's a sad it's a sad day because uh, maybe you didn't agree with everything he did, maybe you didn't agree with his decisions or whatever else. But there was a guy that lived life to the fullest, in my opinion. He loved everything he did. He was super passionate, and um, he you know he uh, I, I think he tried to do the right thing. Um, you know, maybe he made some mistakes back in the day. Maybe maybe it was all you know. I don't know. But it, uh, it, I'm sad to see him. I'm sad to see him go. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, again, anybody with that kind of enthusiasm for life, whether you agree with him or not, but was always, hey, how are you doing? You know, kind of, it was just, anyway, it was, it was always reinvigorating. Sometimes it was exhausting. Sometimes I'd get him on the phone and we'd be talking and it'd be like, it's been 20 minutes, Tom. I got to go, you know. <laughs> But sometimes it was just, it's, but it was just always great. It was always great. So, uh, my heart goes out to, um, to his wife, uh, Leilani, who, uh, um, he married later in life. He had been mo- married to, uh, Liesl McGuire, of all people, Senator Liesl McGuire. Um, but uh, he loved Leilani, And, uh, so I know that, uh, um, I know, I know how important that was to him. So my thoughts go out to uh, her and the rest of his family and, um, they're going to fly the flag half staff, uh, uh, sometime here in the near future because he was a former legislator. So I, you know, anyway, uh, Tom, sorry to see you go buddy. Uh, you were, uh, you will be missed by many and, uh, and, uh, just keep smiling. Just keep smiling. My friend. So <clears throat> that was the first and foremost thing I wanted. I wanted to give that a little bit of time. Uh, just wanted to give it a little bit of time, and uh, so I didn't want to rush that. So I've been waiting for that. So, uh, okay, that brings us to the break, and we will continue the Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll be back with more. In just a moment, don't go anywhere We'll return Chris Story, don't forget Coming up in hour two We'll be back right after that
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Okay. Uh, In the break. Um, Lots of stuff. Yeah. RIP. Rest in peace, Tom. Yep. Uh, you're a good man. The way you describe acquaintances that pass is heartfelt. Thank you. I mean, they're just, you know, and as I get older, I seem to be announcing more and more people. I guess someday somebody will be announcing my passing. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know on the air, but somebody will be announcing it. Um, But yeah, you know, like I said, Tom was. Man, that guy was vaccinated with a phonograph needle. You know what I mean? He could just talk. Sometimes I'd look at my phone and go. Oh, do I have time for this? Okay. I'll talk to you. Tom. (laughs) But he was always so passionate and animated about stuff. You know, you just, you couldn't help, but smile. You couldn't help, but smile. Um, even sometimes while you were rolling your eyes, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, he was a good cat. He was a, he was a good egg, uh, despite his past and, uh, And, uh, he will, he will be missed. He will be missed, uh, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, I don't know if I want to do this story, guys. I really don't, uh, for a variety of reasons because it's going to infuriate some of you and others of you are going to go, yep, yep, yep. But I just don't know if I want to feed into it. I, I, because I think... I think part of the reason, first of all, it's an op-ed, okay, so I want to tell you that first and foremost, it's it's, uh, it's written, it but I think part of the reason it was written in such a way was to, was to glean sympathy and to say, look at me, I'm a martyr, is that that give you enough of a hint. I just, I just don't know if I even want to play into that card right now. Um because I feel like that's part of the process and part of the problem uh with this, that this is look at me. I'm a murderer. Look what I did for you. And look at how badly I've been treated. Uh anyway, so I'm not sure. Um It's on the front page of it's on the front page of must read. If you want to go look, uh, you might figure it out from there. Uh, uh, but I just, I'm, I'm not. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm just torn right now. So, um, what else we got here? Uh, no, it's not about Trump. It's about local stuff. Uh, Robert says the chief celebration shooting is why we need the second amendment. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be interested to see, uh, I'll be interested to see what comes out when they actually deploy facts about that shooting. I think you might find that it's some kind of criminal element having a beef during the Kansas city Chiefs celebration. I don't think this is some kind of the the way that that has been portrayed and the facts that I could glean. Uh, don't paint it as a like an active shooter deciding to go in and uh, I, it, I think it was another one of the and these are the ones that kind of you hear about to begin with. And then they they disappear real quick because it turns out it was gang on gang violence that got out of hand or a house party or somebody that showed, you know what I mean? And that probably usually the people that end up being the perpetrators were already prohibited people and weren't allowed to have firearms and everything else, but of course everybody's jumping on the bandwagon right now. But we'll see, we'll see what happens, and maybe we'll have more information tomorrow to talk about it on Fire on Friday, uh, Firearms Friday. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> You're wasting time. It's precious. Um. Uh. I was it wasting time. I'm trying. I literally was just waffling on whether or not I should cover that. And, you know, I've just decided that I'm not going to cover the story because I just don't, I just don't want to feed into it. it. I really don't. It, um, we've talked about this before and I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, just as things die down, it's, ah, uh, all right, well, we got to go. Uh, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell.
0: Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Hi there.
3: Ho there. Hey there. Wait, did I just call somebody? What? Uh, Hello, and welcome back to the program. Uh, It is The Michael Duke Show. (laughs) We're broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Uh, I hope that you guys are ready for just another beautiful day in paradise as we continue on this week, uh getting uh, you know, getting ready for the weekend. My gosh, 45 degrees, 45, 46. It was 50 degrees at Merrill Airfield in Anchorage yesterday. And the worst part, I think it's we're it's just suckering us all. It's just suckering us all. That's what's going on right now. Because, you know, there's some kind of big high-pressure air shield on the eastern side of Alaska that's kind of holding back all the weather, according to one of the weather things that I was looking at earlier. And so when that comes, when the wall comes crumbling down, when the wall comes crumbling, when that comes down, it's going to it's gonna drop the hammer on us again this is fall spring which is just in some ways very disheartening but uh you know the, you know the real ones around the corner but yeah I mean I would take this weather for the rest of the winter sure give it to me 35 degrees 25 35 45 degrees I would take that for the rest of the winter it's uh but it's just nope uh nope <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Well, I gave out a bunch of hints about the story that I wanted to talk that I was debating talking about. I didn't want to talk about it. But anyway, I've decided that if somebody finds it and we talk about it, that's great. But uh, I don't think I'm going to bring it up. Here's what I am going to bring up. I'm kind of excited about this. Again, not a huge fan or follower of a lot of national politics, but I believe we should be paying close attention to everything that we're doing in our own state. And uh, it was kind of exciting to see um, because you just couldn't help, you know, when the when the presidential primaries were in full, well, the, the, you know, the early primaries with all the candidates the you know, the dozen candidates that were out there running for president. Uh, there were a few standouts that made some that made a, a lot of sense. I didn't agree with everything. I thought some of the things that they said were bunk, but overall, kind of a refreshing candidates, you know. And one of them is Vivek Ramaswamy, right? That guy's he's got he's got some good things to say from time to time. Well, lo and behold, last night uh, he took to Twitter and had some stuff to say that uh, I think is
4: good for. Us. Vivek Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm proud to endorse Nick Bagage for Congress. He's in Alaska. One of the things I found is that you know who loves the environment more than most people you've ever met is somebody who lives in Alaska. And you want to know who understands the importance of drilling in Alaska? The Alaskans. Nick Bagage gets that. He's going to prioritize the interests of Alaskans, he's going to prioritize the interests of Americans. He has signed my American Truth Pledge, which I appreciate. Shows that he stands for the right America first principles of the future. That's where our Republican party's headed. He's also somebody who understands not just where the puck is, but where it's going. Opposition to central bank digital currencies, something that I think more congressmen need to know about and be alert to. Alert to the threats of the climate change agenda, which absolutely is based on false premises and increasingly has nothing to do with the climate and everything to do with power, dominion, control, and punishment the same point as central bank digital currencies. So this guy's from Alaska. He's going to represent Alaska well, but he's going to represent us well, Americans well in the U.S. Congress. And I do think it's going to take a fresh batch of leaders to drive change, not just in our party, but in this country. And so I'm going to encourage you all to vote for Nick Begich. I'm going to help him in any way I can. He's going to be a great, great congressman. And I have full confidence he's going to be doing a great job of representing the state of Alaska before long.
3: So Vivek uh, coming out swinging, and actually, he apparently had been receiving a lot of requests for endorsements, and was screening them very carefully. And Nick Begich was um, the first. He was the first. He's the first endorsement that uh, Vivek has officially come out with. Uh, so I think that's good uh, because I'll be honest with you. Um, I saw you know we got Nancy Dalstrom, who I'm sure is a very nice lady. Um, who, you know, but she is just kind of, um, um, meh, she's business as usual. She is what I would consider to be the quintessential business as usual Republican. And I just, I don't think we can, I just don't think we can, I don't think we, I don't think we need that. I I don't think we can afford that right now. Yet I still see something, there was something day before yesterday or something about, The fundraising effort and everything else. And she's already outraised Nick Baggage at this point and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, it's disappointing. And who knows with this whole jungle primary rank choice thing, what is going to happen coming up into the primary. I'm sure that Nick will make it into the top four, but I just see a replay of what happened between Palin and Baggage to begin with. And uh, in the in the in the actual rank choice general. And that concerns me. Uh, I think that uh, as much as I like Sarah Palin um, as a person and as much as I liked her when she was governor, uh, I think she's kind of gone off the reservation in uh, since then um, in a little bit of self aggrandizement and the celebrity and some of the other things that went on. And I think she got in the race, quite honestly, for the wrong reasons and stayed there for the wrong reasons. Um, and it's unfortunate. It really is. It's unfortunate. And it's what led, of course, the ranked choice voting ultimately is what led to Mary Peltola uh, being in Congress. Uh, so this rematch, uh, per se, uh, should be very interesting. But I think this is going to go a long way. I think there was a lot of people who are listening to the things that Vivek said And uh, while maybe not always agreeing with him, they um, he was he was saying some things that I think a lot of independent voters, not necessarily Republicans or Democrats, but a lot of independent voters were thinking he was saying them out loud. Uh, I think that's why not only was he a polarizing figure amongst the main political talking heads, um, but it's one of the reasons why he resonated with so many people in so many ways. Uh, he of course has bowed out now and endorsed Trump, mm. but uh, his endorsement of Rick of Nick Baggage, I think, um, well, I think is is a positive step. Uh, we, I mean, now we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if that makes any real difference. But uh, it was good to hear. And uh, speaking of uh, speaking of Nick Baggage, he is going to be uh, back on the program. Um, no, he's going to be back. I got to look real quick because I can never remember. He's going to be back on the program next Monday. Uh, Nick baggage is going to be joining us uh, as well. So that should be a, uh, we'll, we'll have him back on at 7. AM, uh, because I, I just want to have Nick on for a while here to talk about all the stuff and, uh, And give him as much visibility in his candidacy as we, you know, as I can help out with. We will offer the same uh, opportunity for people like uh, uh, for people like Nancy Dahlstrom, uh, if she wants to come on. And uh, but I have questions about Nancy. Well, I have some questions about her performance as lieutenant governor that would, to me, have a direct impact on her efficacy as a candidate for Congress. Mainly, I'm still wondering about that whole report that Mike Showers talked about that we know about uh, from Kelly Shabaka. That was the report on the electorate, on the elect, uh, the election system, and how we still don't have that. Um, we still don't have that that here with us, and that's a little uh, that's it's a little frustrating. Uh, and so i I've got some questions about that. Also coming up uh, for you folks up in Fairbanks, and we're going to get a chance. We're going to be talking with Dennis Prager uh, on this program. Now, for those of you who don't know, Dennis Prager is a, of course, a talk show host. Dennis Prager show. It's just a national show. He's the founder of Prager U, Prager University. If you've spent any time online, you've probably seen a video from Prager U. Um, they've got, <clears throat> they've done some amazing stuff in the space. On stories and accurate thought and culture and all kinds of stuff I really respect him uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to them But the folks in Fairbanks are going to get a chance to join Dennis Prager He is going to be in Fairbanks on Saturday the 24th So nine days from now Uh, Dennis Prager is going to be there in Fairbanks And so if you're down in Wasilla and want to take the trek to Fairbanks uh, Now is the time, baby uh, he's going to be at a luncheon lecture uh, at the Wedgwood Resort um, uh, from 11.30 to 1.30. You can get tickets for that. Uh, they're just 75 bucks a person. And then later that night, there's going to be a private reception and a dinner at the auto museum there at Wedgwood, the antique auto museum. And there'll be a meet and greet, and there'll be a photo op and everything else. Uh, tickets for that are uh, 250. dollars 250 bucks a little you know a little more expensive but there's only going to be 50 people there so it's kind of a real cozy intimate setting it's going to be i mean it's going to be great so if you want to get uh, tickets to this right now all you got to do is go over to the website for the alaska family council at akfamily.org and you can get tickets there or Tomorrow, I'm gonna to be giving away a pair of tickets. Um, and then I'm gonna give away a pair of tickets next week as well. I'm gonna give away two or three pairs of tickets. Um, but uh, we're gonna I have to work on how I'm doing this right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna post some on Facebook. So if you don't like my Facebook page and you don't know where it is, you're gonna you're gonna miss out on a chance to get some tickets because I'm gonna give some tickets away on my Facebook page. Uh, I'm also going to give away some tickets to one of my Common Sense Core folks. And then I'm going to be giving away some tickets on the air as well. All right. So that's that's all that's all coming up. Um, but uh, if you want to find out more about this, you just got to go to akfamily.org. And you can see everything that's going on. Dennis Prager in Fairbanks. He bypassed Anchorage. I don't know why. I mean, not that, look, I'm, I live in Wasilla. But I mean, Anchorage is the largest. Place. You'd think that it's interesting to see. But Fairbanks is getting all the juice on this one, folks on the peninsula. I can hear you shaking your fists at the sky. Why? Um, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't organize it. But uh, and we're gonna have Dennis on. Uh, we're gonna have Dennis on next week. My brain, I swear, my brain. Uh, but we're gonna have him on next week to uh, to talk about you know what he's gonna talk about and everything else and uh, all that stuff so get your tickets right now akfamily.org if you want to go whether you're wherever you are it's going to be in fairbanks on the 24th so uh, there you go wow and that brings us to the next break i haven't even gotten into the meat of what i wanted to talk about today we're gonna get we're gonna continue we're gonna continue here in just a moment don't go anywhere The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this.
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. (laughs) Ha, nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
3: Okay. Um... (laughs) Sorry, I'm going back up here. Chris says, wow, Vivek said something good. I mean, I think he said a lot of things good uh, to begin with. Uh, Rick said of Nancy Dahlstrom, did she get the voter rolls cleaned? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, she did not. Uh, Jim says, does Sarah still live in Arizona? Uh, yes, yes, she does. <laughs> Chris said also, I agree with Mike about Sarah Palin, go Nick Baggage. Terry says "Dalstrom's a big hell no from her. Uh, Lynn and I hadn't heard this we'll have to talk to him about this on Monday but she said Nick is committed to bowing out if he isn't the top Republican vote getter in the jungle primary well there we go we'll see what happens I mean and I honestly that's probably the right thing to do uh Terry says Dalstrom's done zero um um I haven't seen Sarah in forever So, I mean, I don't know how much time she's spending outside, I guess. What? It's just one of those things. Um, uh, Rita says, Nick Begich continues to go out and meet the voters. Nancy appears to be following in Sarah's political footsteps of collecting funds from big donors and bypassing the voters. Yeah. I, I, you know. Uh, Jeannie says Dennis Prager is one of the wisest men in the world. Uh, I, he is a very, very sharp guy. Definitely, definitely uh, a, uh, a scholar. Definitely a scholar. Um, and so it's it's, I'm looking forward to it. I have admired. I have watched PragerU videos for years, um, and I've given some money to PragerU when they got demonetized by YouTube for daring to publish something that was against their narrative, and blah blah blah. Uh, Brian said he ran into Sarah and Todd and their youngest at Petco last winter before uh, at winter last winter before last winter before last. Okay, yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen her. Uh, it's probably been two or three years since I've seen her as well. Um, anyway, I just, I just, ah, such a, such a hot mess. That whole thing, the whole rank choice and the jungle primary thing and everything else. And it just, such a hot mess. I could see the handwriting on the wall on that stuff. I could see it coming down. I mean, I voted for her she just happened to be my she just happened to be one of my last choices um uh because i believed that uh i believe that nick was uh i i believe that nick was was the guy i believe that nick was the guy that was going to do well uh, i also voted for chris by um because i really like chris and chris had a lot of great things to say he was the libertarian candidate but anyway, um, um is you what? I have no is your memory because of the coffee or the flavoring, says Mike. I'm not sure exactly what that means. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it is the coffee. Maybe it's because I may I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. Um Brian says Chris was my choice too. Yeah, I voted for Chris, then I voted for Nick, then I voted for Sarah. And then I left the fourth one blank because I wasn't going to vote for Mary. Because, I mean, why? Anywho, um, there we go. Irish coffee. Ooh, Irish coffee? Yes, please. I'll have some. I'll, I'll have some. Oh, man. Um what do we got here we got we got just a couple uh we got two more segments i better i better organize my stuff here a little bit better because i was um i was going to do it uh all right got it i am not going to cover that story nope decided so let me close that so i don't accidentally do that and (laughs) we're going to talk about Joe Biden's no good, very bad day. Are you ready for that one? That's what I'm. Um, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think I've seen an ad for Nick baggage at crema at the corner of KGB and the Palmer Wasilla highway extension this morning. Um, I've seen an ad, or seen that Nick is at Crema. Well, if he is, I'll stop by and say hi. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fun stuff. Okay. Uh, good morning, Charisse. Charisse Millette joining us, former legislator on YouTube. Hello. How are you? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Don't forget, Barbara. You can call in and talk about that if you want. The phone lines are open. If you want to call and talk about that, I will allow it. I will allow it. Um, how about that article about how Alaska is the most corrupt state? I will re- uh, we can go over that, but there's not much to it, even to the original report. Um, I w-
0: The Michael Duke show seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <sighs> pinch of intellect. <laughs> sorry, that is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes.
3: That just seems mean you know i mean when i put all this stuff together and i gave the guy scripts and stuff and i thought oh, this would be funny but after a while it just seems mean i mean even to myself like <laughs> it's, it's. but it's, but it still it still is pretty funny it really is pretty funny right uh i mean i mean i just i i think so mm-hmm. Um, all right, let me, um, somebody just asked about this in the chat room. Um, so I will throw this, uh, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw stuff to the wind and I'll just jump into this. Um, the, uh, there was a report, uh, and this came out through an article on LinkedIn, uh, that was, uh, talking about, um, the corruption in Alaska, uh, um, and uh it was a posted uh, originally on um uh Unishka uh which is i forgot to look about what is Unishka let me before i say it i just want to make sure that, this is from a uh, this is from a uh Unishka is to understand and contextualize whoa uh, the uh, contextualize corruption as a social illness and combat it through effective remediation services and tools, strong human and organizational capacities uh, and capabilities. They are basically trying to point out corruption across the country. Right. So this is part of what they do. And so this is right in the, their wheelhouse. And this article talks about a recent findings from the Institute for Corruption Studies at Illinois State University. And while they say Alaska is renowned for its breathtaking landscapes and diverse culture, it also grapples with a darker reputation, corruption. This report has ranked Alaska as the most corrupt state in America once again. And they go on to talk a little bit about this. The report analyzed public corruption convictions per capita, From 1976 to 2023, highlighting Alaska's disproportionate rate of corruption, the report's author and director of the institute there in Illinois emphasized the reliability of using public corruption convictions as a gauge. Federal convictions in particular offer insight into high-level corruption, a focus necessary for comprehensive uh, uh, analysis. So they say that there's some driving factors in this, geography, resources, and politics. Um, And the ramifications of corrupt extend across various spheres, including the economy, the environment and society. Um, I will post a link up to this in the chat room for folks who want to take a look at this. There's not a lot to it other than that. And even going to the original article, um, it doesn't go it doesn't go much more deeply into some of the other findings or anything else. Um, But it is an interesting take. On some of these things, Uh, they say that geography plays a role because Alaska is vast and sparsely populated. It's got the harsh climate. It it presents challenges to law enforcement and to monitoring for corruption. Remote regions, especially rural areas, become breeding grounds for corruption while the state's extensive coastline and maritime industry heighten susceptibility to illicit activities like smuggling and illegal fishing. The resources, because we have a lot of natural resources like oil and gas and mineral and seafoods, the wealth to Alaska becomes both a boon and a curse. While those resources fuel economic growth, they also attract corruption evident in past scandals like the Pebble Mine Controversy, the Vico Scandal, the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Alaska's intricate political landscape also influenced by federal entities, native corporation and industries like oil Fosters an environment ripe for corruption, rapid turnover among elected officials driven by term limits, resignations and indictments further complicates government uh, governance, although I don't know if term limits should be in there as a problem. Uh, They go on. Anyway, I'll post this up in here, but it wasn't it it was an interesting read, but it didn't offer a lot. It didn't it didn't offer a, a much deeper look than what I've just given you here on this. Um. But it is it is an interesting read for sure. So I've punched that in there and folks in the chat room get a chance to um, I think I I think folks get a chance to uh, uh, take a look at that and talk about that. Uh, I also want to talk about Joe Biden's no good, very bad day. Now, you know, if you've listened to the program, you know, I'm not much on the national politics. Right. That's just not. That's not where I live. It's not what I focus on anymore. I used to do a lot of it. I used to do a lot of, you know, try to analyze and, and, but I just, it became like, this is why am I focusing on this? Cause I can't affect any of this. Um, so I focus on state stuff mostly, but even I have been caught off guard by some of the cr- crazy stuff that, uh, you see on video with president Biden. Some of the things that he says, his mannerisms, his, his his senility i mean i literally say senility coming out of the woodwork um and then we get this very very bad day uh where he comes out jd tochilly writes about this in reason magazine uh from a couple days ago and he said uh he's talking about what's going on with uh with with biden and some of the things and everything else now biden also was having an investigation, there was a special counsel that was put together to look at Biden's handling of classified documents, similar to what was going on with Trump, right? Trump had all those documents at Mar-a-Lago and all that kind of stuff. Well, Biden had a similar problem, although you didn't see quite as much coverage of that in the news, did you? That's just kind of interesting to begin with. Well, anyway, um, special counsel Robert Herr released his report uh, into Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. <laughs> this is where things get weird. "Quote: Our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed cl- disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen." Finds the report. <laughs> uh oh. But we decline to prosecute Mr. Biden. Who? What? At trial. Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. What? What? They sat with him, by the way. I just want to point this out uh, because I think it says it somewhere in the article. But he sat with them for five hours. This special counsel, he interviewed with them for five hours over uh, two days, five or six hours, over two days. And they said during this time, he did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president, unquote, and forgetting on the second day of an interview when his term began. He did not remember even with several uh, within several years when his son Bo died. I, I mean, th- those are some pretty major milestones, right? Those are some pretty major milestones. Um, but definitely not where the White House team and his reelection campaign wanted things to go. The president then got up himself and bitterly responded in a press briefing where he welcomed the decision not to prosecute him, but denounced the aspersions of his cognitive abilities and said, quote, my memory is fine. Then he took a question about Israel. And he answered, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, El Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. What? Abdel Fattah el Sisi is the president of Egypt, not Mexico. Jeffrey Tubin from CNN is quoted as saying, Mexico? Mexico, where did that come from? That's the only thing anyone's going to remember for this. And it's the truth, folks. It's the truth. I mean, how many videos have you seen of Joe getting stuff mixed up and just, I mean, it is terrifying. In a snap end of the week poll by YouGov, 47% of respondents say Joe Biden's health and age will severely limit his ability to do the job um, if he wins in November. 32% say the same about Trump, but one third is a hell of a lot better than half. That's what this is. This is uh, this is JD talking about this. I mean, this is just this is crazy. I mean. This is after, right, he said that he said went to went and and had a sit down at the G7 meeting in England and he talked to Mitterrand from Germany. I mean, France. Uh, I mean, how you know, but Mitterrand's been dead since 1996. And then later in the week, he twice attributed a 2021 comment by Angela Merkel to Helmut Kohl, who's been dead uh, since 2017 and hasn't been in power since the 80s. Forgot the name of a Hamas terrorist group that attacked Israel. He, I mean, it's just, it gets to the point where even though I don't pay attention to a lot of the talking head stuff about national politics, I do some reading and I kind of keep abreast of it, but I don't focus on it all the time. But even I started scratching my head going, Who is letting him out of the house without a minder? And how the hell can this guy be the candidate for president? Right? I mean, he—he's. I'm just asking myself the same thing about both sides at this point. How can they? Eat? I mean, I just. Okay. Anyway, uh, that is absolutely, absolutely just horrific. But this report, uh, that the this general this this special counsel report just shreds. It is bad news for the Biden. And there was a poll, uh, it, not in this article. But there was a poll that even 37% of Democrats don't want Joe Biden as their candidate. They just don't think he's, I mean, again, he's not likable. He's not, he's not, they don't think he's fit. They don't think he's a good match. It's a, it's a hot mess. Let's put it that way. All right. um, Well, that's the, that's it for hour one. I was fast. Holy cow. Uh, Hour two is dead ahead. we got a quick segment and then we're going to be joined by Chris Story uh, in uh, two and three. Uh, Where we'll talk about the skeezy, apparently, allegedly, what appears to be a skeezy deal down in Anchorage. We'll get his take as a realtor on that, and then we'll get our life coaching lesson in the final third segment of the show in hour two. Back with more the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Okay. Oh man. From our offices in rural Juno? What? Who's using the word rural and Juno in the same sentence? I mean, I just, just got to ask. I got to ask. Who is using the word rural and Juno? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh. Um I'm scrolling down here. Scrolling down. Uh widespread corruption. Uh oh yeah, Robert Rob said in regard to my comment on the on this article about the the Alaska's most corrupt state. He said widespread corruption is a common symptom of the Petro state. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um what day isn't a very bad day for, uh, for Biden? Um, I love how the Supreme Court says, Jeannie says, threw Biden under the bus. <laughs> um, I love it when Biden loses his mud. I don't know if she's saying mud or mind. I have it on good authority that he is literally an abusive tyrant. I, I That would not surprise me. Um. Uh, <laughs> that 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 would not surprise me. Um, I I'm surprised his underwear is on inside of his pants. Um, <laughs> do you want to bet that the DNC switches him out at the convention? Maybe, but that would be interesting. I mean, who they're going to switch him out with? Gather, Gavin Newsom, Newscom, Newscom. Uh, you just, you cannot make this stuff up. You're hundred percent right, Bill. You cannot make this stuff up. I mean, this guy just, uh, um, uh, and you get three and then yet the Dems will vote for him again. Uh, and yet the Dems will vote for him again. Levodopa dopamine is what is, what is keeping him cognitive said, which I'm assuming is some kind of medicine. Is that what it is? Did you see his video uh, about the Super Bowl, about ice cream and the shrinkflation and all that kind of stuff? Way to go, Joe. Remind people that inflation is killing them, even though it's shrinkflation. Remind him that. That's uh, the that's thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? And this is what kills me. All the, all the lackeys and the lapdogs are walking around like, oh, no, no, he's at the top of his game. Janet Yellen says, Richard, from his administration just said yesterday that Biden is, quote, at the top of his game. Um, Unishka, what was, uh, Brian said, oh, from our offices in rural Alaska, that's where Unishka was from. That's surprising. That's, you know, um, I didn't realize that that's where Unishka was from. Anyway, there's not a lot of substance to that article. I mean, I can believe it in total. I mean, that's like a, that's like a, a, it's not even an executive summary of a study. But I didn't take the time to go back and find the actual study from the University of Illinois. So we'll find out what's going on there. Uh, I see I got a phone call here on hold. And so before we jump back into it, we should find out who that is. So that we can return with them to the radio here in just a couple minutes, and we'll start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Hi, this is Barbara in North Pole. How are
3: you doing? Hello, Barbara. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. You're going to be first in the queue. We're going to type, we're going to talk to you. We're going to talk about you before we bring you. No, we're going to talk. We're going to talk with you here as soon as we get back. All right. It'll be fine. Um <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Biden gets really saucy when his diapers are loaded. (laughs) You can I mean, you could just go through this whole thing. I mean, there is video after video of him just. You know, and now, of course, I saw one on Twitter the other day. And I I know I shouldn't do that, but I I don't I'm hardly ever on Twitter. But like I got the Vivek quote today that came off of Twitter, but occasionally I'm on Twitter and I saw that some and I can't remember what the what what where it was, but it was someplace public and it was Biden speaking and he did a Biden thing. It was like he was like he was a Muppet on crack or whatever. He couldn't string his words together. And so I just scrolled down through the comments, and the the people were like, "Oh, this is just a deep fake, you Republicans and maga, MAGA heads or or what? I mean, it just you know, it's all a deep fake." And, it, and it's just like so much denial, so much denial about this guy is not competent. To I mean, I have questions about the stability of Trump, and I know many of you are Trump supporters and everything else. That guy scares the hell out of me because he is, well, <clears throat> he scares the hell out of me. Let me just put it that way. I'm not sure either one of them is emotionally qualified to, to be president anymore, but but Biden especially, that guy. I, I mean, he's got to have Velcro shoes. I don't think he could tie his own shoes. It's just, it's insane, absolutely insane. Um, but. Uh, it's so, but but again, you just can't tell. But you could show people the facts, and they're like, "Oh no, it's fake news. Oh no, it's a deep fake. Oh no, that's not. He didn't really say that. You're just spinning his words." I just watched thirty seconds of him struggle to string a complete sentence together, and it's just, you just can't, can't make this stuff up, folks. You cannot make this stuff up. All right, we gotta go. The Michael Dukes Show Cuffed Sense Radio.
0: Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out themichaeldukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
1: I just don't fathom it.
0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
3: Live around the world on the internet at michaeldukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome to hour two of the big radio show. Thank you for coming on board and joining us today. Uh, if you're just getting up and just uh, getting ready to go to work and uh, being part of it, we had a fun hour last hour and we're going to continue that. I got one phone call on hold. We're going to jump to her in just a second. But again, I got to remind you that uh, we're going to be giving away some tickets tomorrow for Dennis Prager, who's going to be live in Fairbanks. Dennis Prager from Prager U, uh, who is the founder of Prager U and also, of course, the host of The Dennis Prager Show. Uh, is going to be in Fairbanks on Saturday, Saturday the 24th. He's doing a luncheon at the Wedgwood Resort, which you can get tickets for. And then later that night, he's doing a private reception and dinner for only 50 people. It's going to be a quaint little cozy gathering, a little get-together. Uh, and I got some tickets to the luncheon that I'm going to be giving away um, uh, tomorrow uh, and uh, throughout next week. And we're going to talk to Dennis Bregger next week as well. So that should be fun. If you're looking to get tickets, you're in the Fairbanks area, or you you have you want to drive up to Fairbanks, you'd be willing to drive to Fairbanks to go meet Dennis uh, Prager. Uh, you can get your tickets right now at akfamily.org, akfamily.org. Uh, but we will be giving tickets away starting tomorrow. I've got how many pairs of tickets do I have? I got some pairs of tickets to give away. Uh, I think I've got ten pairs to give away. So we're going to be doing, so if you don't, if you haven't liked my Facebook page yet, if you haven't followed my Facebook page, now's the time to do it because I'm going to follow, I'm going to give away some tickets on the Facebook page. And if you're not a member of the Common Sense Corps, which is the Cool Kids Club, I'm also going to give away some tickets in the Common Sense Corps. So you guys, if you want to help out the show, that's where you go. All right, we got to, we got to get things going on. Uh, On the phone, uh, right now, uh, we're, we're 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 about to we're about to jump into this, uh, and we are going to talk about what's going on in Fairbanks tonight. The Borough Assembly is meeting to talk about that uh, to talk about that big ordinance to bypass the uh, bypass the tax cap. And uh, Barbara Haney is on the phone with us this morning to remind us and give us all the details. Good morning, Barbara.
1: Good morning. Well, that Dennis Prager thing does sound like a fun event. I hope people take a look at that. But I also hope tonight that they show up at the Borough Assembly Chambers or email, call in, um, testify. You can testify by phone. They have an ordinance. They want to bust the tax cap and raise the minimum uh, revenue amount by $10 million. And they
3: want to do it through a special election. And and they want to do it through. Well, are they still do they still have the dueling? I don't know if you can hear me or not. I can. Do do they still have the dueling ordinances now where they're going to have two different dates on it? Do they still have the special election one and the one that goes to October? I thought they were killing the special election and pushing it to October because they just found 13 million dollars in the couch cushion somewhere.
1: Well, you know, they, they haven't adopted the substitute yet. So um, on my end, I have to wait for them to adopt the substitute. Even so, you still folks need to get in there because that substitute was not adopted. And just as an FYI, I mean, anybody who knows anything about money, okay, the borough makes about $7 million, and they made $7 million in interest last year. Now, if you think about it, what is the principle that they have that generated that $7 million? It's a very good question. I've been very impressed with, our, um, <clears throat> with the people who invest the money at the borough because they outperformed the permanent fund, and that is just phenomenal. So um, I don't know how large that principle is to know what rate of return they're getting, but, you know, that's just the beginning. And then they had the thirteen million that they magically discovered from some project, and then they haven't even talked about the seventeen percent reserve they always put away
3: every right. year, right, their right, contingencies.
1: So I guess I just don't understand why we need to raise this tax cap. Um, I really don't, and um, well, I think okay, people it's pretty, need to get in there. Last it, it's year, It's pretty I had clear. It's
3: pretty clear, tax Barbara, tax tax why they tax tax want to. to get an I online. just. I was just going to say, Barbara, it's pretty clear why they want to raise the tax cap. It's because they want the money, and they want to get it outside the cap, and they want to bust the cap. That's what they want to do.
1: Oh, sure. Sure. And um, for some reason, these guys, we have a bunch of new people on the assembly, and they really don't know a lot about the borough finances. And even so, many of them are young people, so they don't remember the past history of what we've been through in this borough and why we do certain things that we do. But uh, very definitely, I think people need to really start drilling down more in the finances. You know, I passed a resolution, or last year we passed a resolution to have an online checkbook, and that still hasn't come online. And I, I really think that's where we need to be pushing not necessarily on the tax cap because I think the money's there. They just, um, there just isn't a lot of transparency and accountability. But if we're generating $7 million in interest income, I don't know what kind of investments they, I know their investments are fairly liquid, treasury bill type things, and that's not a high rate of, that's not a real high yield interest rate. So there must be a pretty big balance there to generate that kind of interest income
3: yeah i well uh again this is i don't
1: think we need to bust
3: the tax cap this is what i call sorcerous accounting this is this is the shell game accounting that governments are so famous for you know oh we're out of money oh except for all these pots of money that we didn't tell you about over here and we've got to do it but this is really in the long run barbara this is about this is about power this is about busting the tax cap that's really what it's about uh, there's a lot of things behind the scenes. I hope people. Oh, sure I hope people show up in force tonight for sure. Five thirty, borough assembly meeting uh, at the build, borough assembly building. You need to get there. You need to sign up to testify early, and uh, and you know I hope. I mean the 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 best thing is that it just dies. The second best thing is that it actually goes to the October election to go head to head with the tax cap. Uh, The worst thing is a special election. I guess we'll see what comes out of that. But, Barbara, thank you for staying on top of this with us and and, and talk. I'll give you the final word here. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I want people to be aware, the phones at the borough assembly apparently, at the borough building, apparently have been acting up. Uh, The usual call-in number is 4907-4907. 459 1401, but apparently they're claiming that that number doesn't work, <clears throat> so they're asking people <clears throat> to call in on 907 459
3: 1405. Okay, so we hope it Anything works. We hope there, we hope they're just not screening the calls. We hope that we hope it works. All right, well. Okay, well, Barbara, thank you so much for giving us the heads up. We appreciate you calling in and reminding us of this, and uh, and you'll have to give us a report next week as to how it went down. Thank you for uh, calling in. Let's go over here to the next caller, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: Good morning. This is Carlene in Kodiak.
3: Hello, Carlene. Um, a
2: couple of things. You mentioned a breach several days ago, and I keep reading my newspaper and listening to the news, and it's not being covered, and a hey to Barbara Haney. Another thing, there's something serious going on in Washington, D.C. right now. Last night on the Tony Perkins show, um, there were clips of Congressman, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, Mike Turner, um, uh, Jake Sullivan, and then, on the town hall news a few minutes ago, they brought up Mike Turner and Jake Sullivan. There's something very serious, and uh, Congressman Mike Waltz was interviewed. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin was the first one on the show and the last one. There's um, There's something serious having to do with the intelligence agency and a game changer, something to do with national security. There will be a joint meeting this morning. It's probably in progress, informing the Congress and the Senate. So I just kind of urge you to um, pay attention today. And about that breach, Michael, what was that about?
3: Uh, Thank you. All right, thank you, Carlene. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, that breach story—I never did get to it the other day, Uh, although it uh, is—it's huge. I don't have enough time to get into it uh, right this second, Uh, but I will tell you. um, Well, um, let me give you the—let me give you the high points real quick. Uh, I have to pull the story up real quick that I have it in my archive here, Um, because I thought this was uh, a—I thought this was kind of a crazy. Um, I thought this was kind of a crazy story, uh, I'm sorry, pulling it up. Here it is. Come on, come on, come on, come on, internet, be faster. Uh, here it is. So, uh, this is, uh, the mother, they're calling it the mother of all breaches. Mother of all breaches reveals 26 billion records, a super massive leak. Contains data from numerous previous breaches, comprising an astounding 12 terabytes of information, spanning a mind-boggling 26 billion records. The leak, which contains LinkedIn, Twitter, Weibo, Tencent, and other platforms' user data, is certainly the largest ever discovered. The supermassive mother of all breaches is what they're calling it. Uh, Tencent, Weibo, MySpace, Twitter, Wattpad, NetEase, Deezer, LinkedIn, Adult Friend Finder, Zynga, Luxotica, Evite, Zing, Adobe, Canva, Badu, VK. There are just hundreds of millions of records leaked. Um, and they're very concerned, again, that this is probably one of the largest Breaches in history again contains a lot of older data, but also from places that you would just not expect, like Twitter and like uh, uh, Adobe and LinkedIn. Um, that is, <laughs> I mean, that's just terrifying. Uh, this this big data breach. Um, so we can get into more details in that uh, later on, but uh, that was kind of the highlight reel from that story and i know i teased it but uh, and we never did get to it so thank you for bringing it back up uh it is uh it's pretty 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 crazy what's going on all right we're uh, coming up on the break chris story's going to be joining us here in a minute don't go anywhere the michael duke show common sense liberty based free thinking radio we return with more and chris story
0: right after this We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain, sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay,
3: we're in the break. And I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm I'm going to engage just for a minute because it's it just it's just so this is just proof positive that people hear exactly what they want to hear. Harold says Biden is a subject to a deep fake AI videos, and this show swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. Nothing like, Uh, unsubstantiated commentary about Biden, nothing like weak minds pushing the Trump cult nonsense. I mean, he obviously heard exactly what he wanted to hear because he he didn't hear me say that I'm terrified of Trump either. I'm not voting for either one of them. At this point, I think I'm voting for RFK Jr., quite honestly. So, I mean, just, you know, whatever. But I wasn't doing anything unsubstantiated. I was reading the commentary from the report of the special counsel That was investigating Biden's security breach for classified documents. So I shouldn't engage. I shouldn't do it. But again, just prove positive that, again, he's you're hearing exactly what you want to hear. Somehow this show is super pro Trump, which. which, (laughs) I mean. This is what happens when you snort Folgers crystals. Okay. I'm just saying. This is exactly what happens when you are mainlining some oh, that's some good stuff. I mean Oh, oh God. Anyway, I just had to I just had to throw that out there. Because it just he's just hearing exactly what he wants to hear, uh there's some of you out there that do that on this program. I'll be honest with you, some of you in the chat room who are obviously not listening to anything we're saying, and you just drop a bomb in the chat room like this is the greatest piece of wisdom I've ever laid, and you' and I'm just like we're not even talking about that what is this? I mean, wow,, Ugh. Ugh. so anyway, so great, um let's get over to let's get let's get over here to the let's get over here to the stuff shall we um mm. (laughs) oh chris story sent me a picture you actually expect me to do something with this story dude you are just I mean let me download that picture, I guess. i am gotta save the picture. I don't think we're gonna get it on this time, but I'll anyway, um let me excuse me while I whip this out. Let me get uh, let me get story on the line here and we'll we'll get uh we'll get things uh rolling on, shall we? Fingers crossed, come on baby, work. There we go. Look at that. Good morning, Michael. <laughs> I, too, prefer the Fabio haircut picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I,
5: I I guess I'm just reacting to somebody in the chat room had complained about the old picture you were using. So I sent you the one with the model-like hair, and then somebody complained <laughs> about it. And I'm like, okay, nobody can complain about me and my dog.
3: Dude, everybody's going to complain about you and your dog. Why would you let your dog on your desk? Don't you know that's bad for dogs? Don't you know that it's that's... King Charles Spaniel? He
4: I runs mean, the show.
3: Come on, Chris. Don't you know that that is horrible for dogs? Uh, I'm tra- that's true. I'm trying to figure out how to crop this thing here. Uh, can I... No, I don't want to straighten it. I want to crop it, damn it. Um, sorry, I got too many things. Are we sure that it's not a an
5: AI deep fake, though? There is this. That.
3: This could be an AI deep fake of Chris Story because nobody looks that good. I'm just saying. Nobody... Looks that good. Uh, I could this could be a deep fake, right? Are you a deep fake? I am a deep fake. You've heard that.
5: Wouldn't about, that right? be nice if you could just go to sleep, stay yeah. asleep, and then your show would run itself? I mean, AI may get there.
3: i why can't I? Why can't I have that happen? That's what I want right now. That's what I want right now.
5: I mean, Biden's sleeping through his presidency.
3: <laughs> That's a deep fake, man. That's fake news. He is definitely on top of his game. He is on top of his game. Did you not hear? How on top of his game he was. He is on That's top right. of his he is on top of his game. All right. Uh let me see if I can pull let me see if I can pull the this picture in fast enough to make all this stuff work. Uh here we go. Uh we're getting ready to jump back into it. The Michael Duke show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
0: the Michael Duke show seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect <sighs> pinch of intellect. <laughs> sorry that is humorous here's Michael Dukes
3: yeah buddy how you doing How you, how how you doing what what's up what do what's going on uh hey we're about to jump into this with uh, the man the myth the legend in his own mind chris story the man from Homer, who comes on usually every Tuesday, but he couldn't be bothered last Tuesday. He was just, he was just, he was just you know, you know. Uh, anyway, he uh, he was busy, and so he graciously offered to come back on for more abuse uh, today. Uh, and he joins us actually a little bit early, because not only is Chris Story a, uh, not only is he a uh, yeah, a philosopher and a potter, and a, he's also a realtor, and uh, that gives him some insight into things that are going on around the state, including, um, you know, deals on real estate. And I commented on a story that was up uh, last week about Mark Begage getting some sweetheart deal in Anchorage, and he immediately contacted me and said, I think you're so wrong, I need to talk about this that's really not what he said, but he said, would you like my insight into this? And I said, sure. So we're bringing Chris story on right now to talk about it. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you? What's, uh, what, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's happening here?
5: Well, you make it sound like I couldn't be bothered. I, I think the whole story needs to be told. We Tiffany and I were watching our grandson, our three-year-old grandson. And if you haven't had a three-year-old in your house in a while, um, it's a full time job. So between seven and eight o'clock, we were making breakfast, changing diapers, getting him ready for his school and dropping him off at school at eight o'clock. And so there's a lot that had to go on between seven and eight. I would love to have prioritized you, Michael, but ah, I simply had to put the grandkid first.
3: I really don't want to hear your excuses, but that's fine. OK, it's great. Oh. I, appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I appreciate it they wanted to know i know they wanted to know uh all right so uh whoops i let me i just screwed up your whole thing here um i'm trying to fix your picture here at the same time while i'm talking to you so uh story this uh this whole this whole thing that came out last week about mark baggage and uh mm-hmm. you know this sweetheart deal and everything else uh look at you just you and your dog that's all it is up there you get your i fixed your picture Um, but you know, I I looked at this and I just go, you know, it's easy to buy into, right? Because politicians, they're all skeezy. They all, they do the things. It's always a problem. Um, and so it's easy to buy into the narrative that maybe this is something wrong. Now you've read the story. I'm hoping because you first said, man, I got to read the story. And I'm like, yes, please. Uh, so I'm assuming you read the story. Yes.
5: Yes. Yes. I've got a lot, quite a lot to say about
3: it. You've got a lot to say. Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, So you've read the story. So uh, tell me, is this much ado about nothing? Or is there something actually mm, questionable about this deal where he bought a $3 million parking lot area in downtown, in the heart of downtown Anchorage? For two million dollars, at a, you know two thirds the cost, a thirty percent discount. Is there something going on here, or what? So give us give us the rundown here.
5: Yes, maybe, not sure. So I'll, I'll answer all of those in in that order. First off, the, the headline was three mil uh, purchase for two million, but the reality is, if you get into the article, it's three point two million dollar appraisal, a two point two million dollar purchase price. So the the story is the same, but it, let's just get the facts correct uh, versus the headline. And I guess if you dig deeper, it is an appraisal from two thousand and nineteen. So it's pre-pandemic, it's pre-run up on a, on a lot of value. So on the one hand, uh, it's inaccurate, and also it could be even worse. Like maybe maybe it's actually worth four million or four point five million today versus the three point two of twenty nineteen. But th- those are maybe's and unknowns. And so I wanted to just kind of dissect this. As, as from a real estate broker's perspective. So just understanding what is fair market value. As defined, fair market value is the least a willing buyer will pay, excuse me, the most a willing buyer will pay and the least a willing seller will accept. So an appraisal from 2019, when you're talking about a sale that occurred in 2023, that appraisal's irrelevant. That appraisal has uh, been extinguished long ago a lender will not use an appraisal beyond six months because the market changes it's irrelevant so it's not quite the smoking gun that nathaniel or is it nathan or nathaniel i forget it's nat it's nat it's
3: just nat hers that's yeah
5: i think nat would love to have found this big smoking gun i don't think it's quite that but i appreciate that he brought it to our attention because it highlights something else and i'll talk about that in a minute but just getting back to the valuation. I think it could be missed that this is an appraisal versus fair market value. An appraisal is just a glimpse and it's an opinion. It's one person's opinion based on the market. And it could have been an income approach combined with a comparable sales approach and a cost to construct approach. All three could have played out here because it's my understanding, this is a working fee parking lot. And so it's not just a bare piece of ground. It's actually a functioning business, if you will. And the municipality wanted to scrape it off their shoe, sell it to the guy who's refurbishing the downtown hotel next door, putting a great deal of money into it. It made sense for them to offload it. And apparently, because they were, uh, you know, the municipality is not the best at running any kind of business, let alone parking, could screw up a two-person parade. So it it makes sense. Okay, let's move this off, off the municipal books into the private sector. This guy next door is doing a hotel. It makes sense, let's sell it to him. So did he get a sweetheart deal? I don't know that he got a sweetheart deal just because we know of a 2019 appraisal versus the sales price in 2023 of 2.2. That $1 million disparity doesn't necessarily mean he stole it, however, my <laughs> bigger gonna, issue with this,
3: I was just going to say, however, if you're saying that no, no lender will go with an appraisal that's older than six months, where's the new appraisal, I guess, is my first question. But go ahead. You 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 dive in.
5: Yeah, you've you've, you're, you've touched on it. Exactly. The disposition of public property needs to be done carefully. In other words, there should have been an up to date appraisal, even if they'd already struck a deal with with Mark Begage and his Republican partner. Which is now that's this is a little different, but I'm going to suggest I don't think Nat would have written this story if it had been Begich alone. I think he wrote the story because there's a Republican conservative business partner in the mix, but that's that's another story. But the disposition of public property needs to be done in as open a forum as possible, and there ought to be a set of standards which have to be met. In other words, maybe an up to date appraisal should have been obtained. And you can throw out the assessment. The assessments are relevant. Tax assessments are not value. It shouldn't be used to set or establish a fair market value. And appraisals, mm, you're gonna end up on the light side absent a willing buyer with a contract. You're gonna end up a little bit light usually, not always, but usually. Again, it comes back to one person's opinion. That's what that appraisal is, just one person's opinion. And so, but I think as we discuss this, I wouldn't, Michael, even if I was developing a property downtown Homer, downtown Anchorage, there is no way I'd feel comfortable as a developer, as an investor, as a real estate broker, and Mark Begich is all of those things. No way I'm going to buy this property and not ensure that there was a public process that was so transparent. Nobody could ever come back and write this story about me. Right. But That begs the question of Mark Begich, what is he first and foremost? A politician. And as a politician, so often, and this is gonna offend a couple of people, but I'm gonna say it anyway, on the left, primarily, they think this is how business is done. They're gonna get theirs. This is how everybody operates. And I'm here to tell you, it's not. It's not how people operate that I know, that I respect, that have mentored me in business and investment and finance. They do not take advantage of relationships such that they can get a deal that nobody else had access to. So I have, I have a big issue with that. The million dollars, that's sort of salacious and a big headline, and did Mark Baggage steal a million dollars to the municipality of Anchorage? Not necessarily. What if we find out, it's actually worth 2.1 million, it overpaid paid by 100 grand. I still don't care, and here's why. The disposition of the public property needs to be done so transparently that this article would be mute, irrelevant, never had again. So that's what I think people should be focusing on is, how did he get access to a property and purchase a a property like this without a public process? It should be notorious, it needs to be publicized, there needs to be a sealed bid process, and everybody should have had an opportunity to at least know about this before Mark Baggage seized it. Whether he got a million dollar deal off the top, or whether he overpaid by a hundred or two hundred thousand, I don't care. What I really care about is how did this happen in the cover of darkness?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that that definitely is the deeper that that is definitely the deeper problem here. Is the process was a was a standard process followed? If they were going to sell off some other piece of uh, government property, municipal property, would this be would this process be uh, followed? In exactly the same way, or would there be a totally different process? I mean, I have questions about that um, because. And, and
5: before we, before we, you know, get the the news out, remember also, I'd advise anybody in the municipal area of Anchorage, uh, he's increasing, he's not going to pay tax on that property forevermore. It's now in private hands. It's now going to become an economic engine for the city, as is his hotel. So it shouldn't be lost on the people of Anchorage that he's actually doing some good here. Even if he got a deal off the top and it had gone through a good public notorious process, he gets a a good deal. He gets a good buy on it. Who cares? It's now going to start generating tax revenue for your city all day, every day. And since you don't have a sales tax up there, y'all, this is how your municipality can get more money without
3: reaching into your pocket right.
5: they can reach into Begich's pocket for the next 30 years
3: well i mean look there there's definitely a synergy i mean he's he's redoing a hotel and it's a fa- going to be a fancy mm-hmm. deal he's redoing the the big blue mall there right across from the hotel the, i mean he's, he's developing all kinds of stuff right there around that parking lot so yes there are some synergies there and that should be, I think, considered if you're looking at even an open bid process, that should be considered. But, again, the big question is, do you think – I mean, you obviously think the process was flawed, right? Yes. Uh, but mm-hmm. do you think that it, it just – for uh, out of curiosity, do you think he actually paid – do you think he actually underpaid? Do you think? I mean, if you were, because I mean, I'm assuming property usually escalates. I know there's COVID, and I know these other things going on, but they're not making any more land in the middle of downtown Anchorage. So maybe it was valued at three million pre-COVID, but do you think it's really gone down that much since?
4: Uh, before then, and after, but who?
5: But but if let's just say that that'd be a different conversation if it had sold in 2019, actually establishing. Fair market value. So when you have an appraisal and it's one person's opinion that I just, and because it's older than six months, it's irrelevant. So if, however, a property sold in 2019 for say 3.2 million, and then you were to go resell it in 2023, you'd expect it to have been significantly higher. So right. the appearance of impropriety exists simply for the fact of our perception of What is value? But that appraisal did not establish value. It just doesn't. Appraisals do not. So people will come to us all the time and say, thinking about selling my house, should I get an appraisal? Absolutely not. It's the last thing you should do Um, because it doesn't actually project fair market value as the market exists today or what we realtors and brokers can predict or at least help you look at the market tomorrow or six months from now. And So that, that said, real estate brokers weighed in on this in the article and talked about, well, I looked around a little bit and I think it was worth more. Again, absent a willing buyer and a seller, you've still not achieved fair market value. You just have collected a few more opinions. Right. So those he... opinions are worth exactly what you paid for them.
3: <laughs> wow. Uh, everybody's got one and it stinks, something like that, right? Um, so, uh, so the bigger story for you here is – The story about or really kind of the undertones, because he doesn't really cover this in the story, but the the real story here should be about the process. Is there a process in place for disposition Mm -hmm. of public property and was it followed? That should be the bigger story in this whole thing.
5: Especially when you have Governor Dunleavy talking about disposing of more public properties into private hands. Uh, increasing tax base, increasing opportunity to own Alaska, such a fraction of Alaska is in private hands already. It's good to be talking about this, and especially if we can highlight this story and go backwards and peel the onion back and go, let's set aside the debate about the million-dollar disparity between, quote, and I'm using air quotes, Michael, you can't see them, but air quotes, value from 2019 versus the sales price in 23. Set that aside for a minute and just go, what is the process going to be like, and will you... Will your children, will your grandchildren, will your brother have an opportunity to know about these properties? Key important properties in different areas. Will they have an opportunity to know about them before you find out? Oh, you mean that's sold? Well, oh, I didn't even. Oh, that's interesting. Right. I would have. Or, did, it on or that.
3: did some pol- Or did some Politico in the know? get first crack at it when nobody else knew about it right i mean i think that's that's yeah that's the implication exactly and like you said that's that's the assumption most people feel is that oh the people with it's not what you know it's who you know and if you get the heads up first and can sneak in there and get it it's all fair and love and war and i think i agree with you i think that the process definitely should have been the bigger story here
5: yeah And, and and maybe there's nothing to see there maybe that's why it's not in the story maybe the public process was followed People knew about it. Didn't want to bid. Like, do you really want to own a beleaguered parking lot in downtown? A? I don't. Thank you. Um, I mean, maybe a lot of people felt that way. And so, Mark maybe it was the last man standing. Said, "I'll take it," and that's the price he was willing to pay. Thus, it created fair market value. If that process was followed. If, however, Mark see, Mark Begich has been collecting relationships, and he's been in the relationship business from cradle to today. This is the life they know. They're he was born into politics. He was born into an advantaged, dare I say, privileged relationship with the public through politics. His father, mother, this is their business. This is their stock and trade. And so as a result of that, there's this appearance that, hmm, this this stinks to high heaven because, oh, here's a political. Yep, getting the sweetheart deal. So he should have the onus should have been on him to make sure that it was public notorious there was no mistaking that this this never should have been a story if mark had been following these p's and q's and and i interviewed mark a few years back and the first thing i said to him after we visited for a couple of moments is man i really didn't want to like you i really because i don't and i don't like your politics oh yeah you are a pretty nice guy so you could get him in a room and uh he could next thing you know you're like wait a minute did i just give him my car what happened? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's that smooth an operator. Yeah. No,
3: he's a, I've interviewed him several times on the program and he is he's a very personable, very charismatic, very nice guy in person. Uh totally disagree with his politics, but that's mm-hmm. you know that's that's where we're at. Okay. Chris Story uh giving us his insight on this whole thing uh happening with the Mark baggage and the parking lot issue. Uh, I just kind of wanted a little bit bigger insight into it. I wish Nat had written more about the process. Just like you said, I think that mm-hmm. uh, that would make more sense. Uh, but we're going to move off of this. We're going to get our uh, we're going to get our weekly life coaching lesson here in just a second. Chris' story continues with us, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
0: Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're going to be best. You're a
3: bad, bad
0: man. The Michael Duke Show.
3: Okay, uh, Chris, Chris Story joins... Chris, Chris Story and Reagan. Man, that dog has got some sinus issues, man. I just... <laughs> you can hear it
5: snoring can
3: i hear it snoring <laughs> it's as loud as you are it's...
5: <laughs> hey the poor guy he, he, god didn't bless him with a full nose he's just got a partial
3: nose uh, i it's know i mean my dog snores as well but dang <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like a chainsaw it's
5: like a train
3: yeah oh, man uh all right chris uh let me see what some of the comments have been in the chat room here over anything um Anchorage, Bradley James Palmer says Anchorage has a sales Anchorage does not have a sales tax. Anchorage has an alcohol tax. They have a gas tax, but they don't have a flat sales tax. So they don't have a sales tax. You're wrong on that.
5: Right. That's what I was saying. And, yeah. and thus, uh, Mark now is going to be paying property tax on this this property versus it being not taxed because it was municipally owned. That was my point exactly. Right. Right. The absence of sales tax, property taxes, and of course the sin taxes between those two uh, keeps Anchorage going.
3: Uh, Mike asks, do you really think he paid more for it than what it was worth? Uh, Using Chris's Um, analogy of that, which, I mean, I don't know.
5: No, I I don't. Probably not. Probably not. But it needs to be stipulated an appraisal isn't value. It is not the fair market value. If Again, if it is sold in 2019 for the 3.2 and then he buys it a few years later at 2.2, I'd say, wait a minute. This doesn't work, and I'll tell you an example, Tiffany and I sold a property, an oceanfront property here in Homer that we owned in 2019, and uh, wow, we watched the value of that property soar the next two to three years. But again, we sold it, we didn't appraise it in 2019, we actually sold it, setting the benchmark of value, achieving fair market value, and then watched our perception of value Go through the rough over right. the next two to three years. So this is different because they got an appraisal in 2019. So again, I just don't want to conflate the two. Appraisals are not necessarily fair market value. It's one person's opinion in that moment in time.
3: Right. Uh, Denise says, um, "Wait a second. Where was it? Right here." Uh, uh, Denise says, "Hello. I've been saying I don't trust him from the beginning. Talking about Mark Beggage. Chris hit the nail oh. on the head. He's a politician." He will look out for himself. We, the public are an expendable byproduct. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I think that's, that is the perception of many politicians. There's always a, I mean, there's that one book that uh, I think it was John fund or somebody who wrote uh, the book, but basically it examined, like, I think every person who was in Congress at the time and basically their net worths when they started and their net worths at the time or when they got out of Congress and, and, you go to Congress making fifty thousand bucks a year, and you come out a multimillionaire. There's no, there's no, uh, yeah. you know, there's no problem with the perception of they're getting theirs while the rest of us are kind of struggling out here. Uh, well, and
5: this was public public information when when uh, Begich was voted out of office out of Senate. Uh, he he then stayed in Washington D.C. and I'm, I'll never forget my jaw hit the the desk when I read the article. He wanted to stay in Washington D.C because he didn't wanna relocate his child from school back to Alaska, which tells you something about what happens when you, when you get into the swamp. It's hard to get out of, you, you just become part of it. And then further, he accepted a contract as a consultant for over $600,000 a year. So he went from making 175 in the, in the, the Senate a year, plus you know, all the perks and bennies, to 600 something with some consultancy there in DC. Which, you know, I'm not saying it's lobbying because that would be illegal. I'm just saying it was a consultancy worth over three times what his salary is worth. So these kinds of things lead one's mind to think, oh, yeah, yeah, he took he took Anchorage for a ride. Maybe, but maybe not. Two things can be true at once. Maybe he overpaid. And still got a sweetheart deal because nobody else had opportunity to it. We don't know that.
3: Well, again, I think, and I think you're right. I think after hearing your analysis, I think the bigger story is not that he got a sweetheart deal by getting it for a million dollars less than the appraisal, but maybe he got Mm -hmm. a sweetheart deal because he bypassed, he gamed the system. He bypassed the system. There was no open bid. There was no public notice. There was no, Anybody can take a crack at it if they've got the information, because it just seems like, oh, that's sold. Nobody knew about it. Maybe that's again. I think that's where the story should be. And I think Nat should have. I think Nat should have. And Nat Herz is actually a very good journalist. Uh, He's one of he's one of the few, although I don't agree with him because he does have political slant in some things. But he's usually pretty good about digging into things. And I am a little bit surprised that he didn't outline. The process of what would normally happen for a piece of public property to be to be disposed of. This is where you respond.
5: Oh, well, I maybe mean, you're going to still go back to reading comments. I agree, hundred percent, and maybe he'll follow up because I'm sure yeah. he listens intently to your show. So maybe he'll do a follow oh, up on I'm that, sure. which would I'm, be great.
3: I'm sure Nat is listening right now. Uh, James said, sorry about the wrong information. I just realized the tax I saw in my receipt was from Costco was for the alcohol tax, but isn't that still a form of sales? It is a form of sales tax, but it's not a general sales tax. It's ancillary. It's, you know, most people, most cities generate their revenue. One of their main revenue streams from sales tax. And that's not what this is. So I just want to, it's, it's a tidbit, it's nitpicky, but it's true. Here we go. Jumping back into it. The Michael Duke show. okay welcome back to the program chris story is our guest and i realized just this second that i neglected to ask him what our topic is going to be for our life coaching lesson today so i guess we'll just uh do that uh i guess we'll just do that right now to figure out mr story what are you teaching us today please tell me a story talk to me like i'm five what are we what are we doing
5: (laughs) we'll tell the story and i'll title it rich dad smart woman So I'm pretty excited. Subtitle (laughs) subtitle to this could be it's never been easier. So I'm pretty stoked because today on the Backyard Millionaire Radio Program, heard here on at least KDTL and KPEN, we have a guest, a very special guest, in Sharon Lecter. She is the co-author of the Rich Dad Poor Dad book series, 15 books in total. Uh, She co-authored with Robert Kiyosaki. And truth of the matter is, and she didn't say this, but I'll say it. Absent her involvement, uh, there wouldn't be a rich dad poor dad company. There, be, it just wouldn't exist. Um, she was she is the drive was the driving force behind that company and putting the stories in the books together. That was her. It was uh, Robert's desire to help educate people financially. She's what put wheels on the car, and so she did a great job. And so in this conversation, I had a, a conversation. All I'll, aired in two parts today on my show. I asked her. Can somebody start today with nothing, or worse than nothing, maybe less than nothing, meaning credit card debt, you know, consumer debt, uh, you know, college loans, things like this, and still find opportunities like you found? Because Sharon started her career back in the in the early '80s. Can, is this opportunity? Does this exist today? And she said unequivocally, absolutely yes. And then she added, "It's never been easier." And so I I just I just want to put that out there into the world that if she says it at 76 years old, she's still out there teaching, educating people about financial literacy. It's a big it's as big a passion today for her as it was 25, 35 years ago. And she's saying it's never been easier. That should give each of us an opportunity to just really reflect and go, "Hmm, can I level up? Is it too late for me? And the answer is yes, you can level up. And no, it's not too late for you. It's never been easier.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm reaching that time in my life uh, where, you know, I'm d- d- deep into middle age. And I'm like, uh, you know, man, is there anything left? Uh, is there anything left for me? Is there anything left in the tank? Is there, you know, what is it? And then I get inspired by, like, your story from The Backyard Millionaire, the uh, the, the 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 inspiration for that character, uh, you know, was a real life guy in your life. And you said he became a gazillionaire, but he didn't really even start that journey uh, until he was in his mid-50s, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, 55, Oscar. So, yeah, Oscar is definitely—so the character Oscar in the book is an amalgam of a lot of people, to include my dad, a guy called Chuck Huff, this Oscar Hochold. and But Oscar Hochold said that to Tiffany and I. One day we were asking him how it got started because we managed an apartment building he owned. And uh, like, how, how did you get started? And so he tells us that that amazing story that he was working in a shipyard in Tacoma, Washington, uh, well, Bellingham, I guess, and he, Tacoma became his his headquarters later. But he's working in this, this shipyard, and he decided to build a little little cabin down the shore uh, of Southern Washington on the ocean, just to build this little cabin for him. His wife is a little kind of retreat, and so he built this little house down there, and a neighbor. Who owned a property in that same region said hey oscar could you build us one and so he said okay and then another person asked and then he looked at us and he said and they haven't caught me since and what he meant was at that point in time he owned 1600 apartment units he owned a chain of restaurants around washington uh hotels or excuse me motels not hotels big difference but it begins with an m a lot of the amenities leave you know uh but you know motels he owned uh, oceanfront property here in Alaska, big, beautiful boat, 16 unit apartment building up here, owned homes all around Washington state. He had become a, a, a multi, millionaire and a magnate in real estate to, and we had met him when he was 82. So you could do the math between 55 and 82. So, but he said, and I'll never forget this either. He told us one day, he goes, I just, my only worry is that I'll die before I can get everything done that I want to. And so you could hear that story and think, man, will I ever have 1,600 apartment units? Will I ever have this, that, or the other? Do you want them? If you do, then you'll find a way. But maybe you don't really want that. So what did Oscar want? Well, he knew very definitively what he wanted, what he wanted to achieve before he died. And he would die in his mid-90s, by the way. Spoiler alert. He did die. Um, But the point is, you need to know what you want. and and not compare or continue to move the goalpost. I was telling you about the book, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. I just finished it. And he's really an interesting character because he's taken a psychological look at our lives through money and how we relate to it. And he said, if you continue to move the goalpost as you achieve something, say by 50, 54, whatever it is that you've achieved, if you continue to move the goalpost, then you'll never find, quote, what you're looking for. You'll never have enough. And that's that's a pretty fascinating way to look at it, that if you don't know what you want very specifically for you versus comparison of a neighbor, family member, that obnoxious brother that's got more, does more, has whatever, it's not about that. It's about defining what you want and then going after it and figuring out a plan to get it or discovering maybe you've already got it right? and you just need to start being present and, and really just enjoying life and go, you know what, this is what I want. That's right. What I have today was just once a dream. This is fantastic. Where do I want to go from here? Because as in life, as in business, it's the gulf between expectation and reality where depression lives, disappointment lives, that feeling of lack and emptiness lives in that gulf between what you say you want and what you've got. Expectation versus reality. That's where you can control it 100%. You were talking earlier about not not following national stories because you can't control the outcome of any of that nonsense in Washington, D.C. Yep, exactly. You've controlled your expectation and you accept that reality and you have made your career on Alaska. You've made your focus on Alaska and we as a state are better off for your focus on it. But so are you because you're not living in that constant despair that, you know, Boy, I just wish I had scooped Sean Hannity on that story. I wish I gotten to Putin before Tucker did. Yeah, it's, not, it's not what you want. That's right. what they want. You're measuring your success by what it is you want, and that's what you're doing. And that's why I, we all admire you, Michael. Well,
3: <laughs> wow. Thank you very much. Um, uh, what to uh, break it down for us here the last couple of minutes. So if we want to get started, like, uh, you know, like the, the, the Kiyosaki's partner, if we want to get started, like Oscar, if we wanted to give us some baby steps here, if somebody's just listening to this and go, really, I can do it now. I could, can... what's the first couple things we should do. We got about 90 seconds here. All
5: right. Find a need and fill it. Those are the six magic words to make money on anything. Understand that you cannot save your way to wealth, but you can invest your way to a fortune if you can learn to save. Okay. That's a, that's a quick little bumper sticker to say, you've got to manage your money, know your numbers, or you don't have a business, know your numbers, or you're going to start bouncing checks. Sharon Lecter's father asked her something every night at the dinner table. Did you add value to somebody's life today? Think about it from the perspective of real estate investing or, or any other kind of business you want to get into, add value to other people's lives and you can't help but win you will win even if you start the day behind the eight ball you're gonna you're gonna achieve what it is you actually want especially if you know what you want
3: chris story the man from homer thank you my friend for all your insight today both on the real estate front and on the self-help front i appreciate you coming on board as always my pleasure it's a pleasure your dog must have woke up because i can't hear it snoring anymore uh (laughs) Uh, we're going to be back with more. Hold the line for a sec, Chris. We're going to be back with more tomorrow, folks. Firearms Friday. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. All right. Final bite at the apple, Chris. Just in case we didn't hit something or didn't you know, if you want a sum summate or whatever, this is your chance to shine. Now's your time.
5: You know, I, I guess the last thing I would say is um, to quote Geta, never, what did he say? He said that the, um, what matters most should never be at the mercy of what matters least. And so if we look at our life that way and say, where's our focus? Where's our attention? Is it on stuff that really matters? Or are we putting most of our time and attention and focus on things that really do not matter? Or at least they matter least in the hierarchy of life. But understanding what you want You know, as I look around my library, I'm so proud of this. This is amazing. This is gorgeous. But I can then go onto YouTube and find one of those uh, AI generated um, backgrounds with some nice jazz and a little bit of snowfall through the windows and look at that and go, oh my God, that's a beautiful library. Oh, wow. I'll never have, will I ever have something like that? And so just that's a stupid, simple comparison of it doesn't matter. I love what, I love the one I've got, this is amazing. And so it's not a matter of settling and just saying, hey, compromise with yourself and settle for what you've got. But are you sure that it's not what you want already? What if you already had the keys to the kingdom in your hand and you just didn't realize it? And I suggest that a lot of us are further ahead than we give ourselves credit for. And I just, it's that, again, that living in the gulf between or the valley between expectation and reality is where deals and business fall apart, but also where we can fall apart as humans in just self-analysts, you know, analyzing ourselves and going, oh, we're just so far from where I thought I would be right. at this age. Right, Man,
3: it's, it's a it's a mindset for sure. You need to find an interior decorator and tell them you want dark academia. That's the look that you're looking for, that dark academic <laughs> wood. And, you know, you need to remodel your library, and then you'll be satisfied. So, all right, my friend. Thank you for
5: setting an expectation for me, Michael. I, I'm
3: always here. I'm always here. Find yourself an interior <laughs> decorator. Dark academia. All right, my friend. Thanks for coming on board. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.
5: It was fun. Got Twitter.
3: All right, folks, out of time. Gotta go. The Michael Duke Show. Commentary. Liberty based. Free thinking radio.